Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome into the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor. Today, talking to Krishna. And today, we're doing something a little bit different. We are doing a debate-style episode. So most of the time on this podcast, we research a bunch of stats about some theme or some team or whatever, some types of players, and we talk about them. But while we were actually researching our next episode, kind of getting our notes together, kind of figuring out what we wanted to do, me and Christian are always arguing before or after podcasts about teams, players, the league, etc. And while we were prepping for our next episode, we dove into our Luca debate that we're always having. And I was like, you know, let's just press record. So I'm going to drop you into a debate between me and Krishna that is unedited, unfiltered, hot takes. No, it's just us talking about where we think Luca ranks in the league. And it's like a really, really in-depth conversation about him as a player, what his skills are, how good those skills are, how he affects other players around him, how he's able to play with teammates, and then maybe what the optimal teammate situation for him would be, and then how that affects overall, like what his success level can and will and should be. So yeah, I'm just going to drop you into it, and it's uh, me and Krishna having our Luca debate. All right, so this this <clears throat> this is the Luca debate. I'm Taylor talking to Krishna, and I think I talked about it in the previous podcast. I'm throwing together a top 75 players in the league right now. I have Luca in the top tier. I believe I have him at second. And me and Krishna, we're about to get into one of our epic debates that we do. We so this is the thing. Me and Krishna, we schedule a time for the podcast. It'll be you know one o'clock, two o'clock, whatever it is. We will get on a Skype call. Almost without fail, we will talk for at least an hour before hitting record. And oftentimes, things will get somewhat heated talking about, you know, a team or a player, whatever it is. So today, we're going to have the debate on Luke. I think Luke is a top anywhere from he's in the top four. I think he's the second best player in the league right now. Krishna disagrees. Krishna, lay out your argument. Yeah, I just think. Okay, first of all, I'm gonna for the people who think I'm a Luca hater, uh, I don't. I think he's like still a top six or seven. I just think seven. You think Luca's the seventh best player in the league? Well, no. I mean, I probably wouldn't go that. Well, you know. Okay, here's the thing. I think you could make an argument for Kawhi over him. Well, hold on. 
this is where it gets tricky because Luca plays every game and he's gonna play. Um, honestly, that's a big part of the whole Luca. Like, if you wanted to raise him up in your rankings, and you said he plays way more games than like a Steph Curry, a Giannis, not Giannis, uh, a actually, yeah, he's played a lot more games than the Giannis, probably, right? Uh, maybe not. Um, a Kevin Durant definitely played a lot more games than Kevin Durant. Definitely more games than uh, Steph. Definitely played a lot more games than um, who was the guy you mentioned? LeBron. What? LeBron. Uh, yes, plays a lot more games than LeBron. Oh, the guy I was thinking about, Kawhi, played a ton more games than Kawhi. Um, so all of these guys. So that's where if that's the best argument for Luca, honestly when just comparing them as overall players, because uh, I know, like, I understand Steph's team was like, 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 I, I'm just taking Steph right now over him because like, I saw what he did in the finals against an elite defense, uh, putting up like 35. And I understand Luca was uh, pretty good in, in the, um, in the pretty good. Pretty good. In the Warrior series, right? I actually looked this up a few days ago where um, his true shooting percentage was like, he he was not as good against the Warriors as he was in uh, the prior series against the Suns. So uh, I'm kind of pulling up his uh, true shooting percentage here. It's 55.9 on an absurd 40.3 usage rate. Um, here's my argument though for Luca did Luca play the right way in that series where Luca's usage rate was 40.3 Jalen Brunson's usage rate uh he had a slightly higher true shooting percentage in that series 56.3 was 23.4 now I ask you look at Jalen Brunson this year what are we seeing with Jalen Brunson we're seeing a guy who is maybe in the all-star game as was Jalen Brunson has Jalen Brunson been a better player without Luca than he was last year with Luca. Oh yeah, definitely. But okay. I I think that has to do with like being slotted into certain roles. Like on the Knicks, they they desperately needed what Jalen Brunson brings to the table, and he was like a good complement piece next to Luca last year. Is so okay. Let me ask you this: Do you think Jalen Brunson was is so is it a part of Jalen Brunson being better on the Knicks because he's better as a lead? guy and he's actually not a great secondary guy or is that also partly because Luca is has like what a 90% ball dominance rate or something <laughs> absurd like that like is part of it I I just look at that like that that war series against Warriors or just in general his absurd ball dominance and I wonder if uh like how much would that change? And we're going to get the answer to this this year, man. We're, we're going to get the answer. We're going to find out. Um, is is Luca going to cede a little bit of control to Kyrie? Is he going to be more of a, um, yo, I'm not going to have a, a 40% usage rate next to a another player that's almost an all-star level player like he did in the conference finals. I'm also not going to get totally roasted on defense the way I did in the conference finals. Uh, I'm going to be competing more on defense. I'm also going to take uh, – I'm also not going to be, like, you know, wide open here on catch-and-shoot threes and just 
choose not to take him. I'm also going to do some movement on the, off the ball. I'm, I'm just not going to like, you know, stand there and do absolutely nothing off the ball. Uh, so those are my kind of criticisms with Luca, where I, I would take guys like uh, a Steph or a Giannis or um, a Jokic, uh, you know, and like if you're looking in terms of playoff success too, like I don't think Luca necessarily has any more than those guys. Um, I will. Well, say, he doesn't have more than Steph. <laughs> well, no, definitely not. But or Giannis or well, th- so the guy I was primarily thinking of is is Jokic right with they but they both lost 4-1 in the conference finals as far as the team and um now is Luka's is Jok was Jokic's team better a few years ago than Luka's was last year um I you know Murray I mean if you just look at how good Brunson is this year I I think we're kind of finding out that the the Mavs last year were you know actually pretty decently set up around Luka where they had a second kind of almost all-star level player maybe who didn't quite get the opportunities that he's getting this year they had you know some good 3 and d players with finney smith and kleba um basically i don't think that the as much as everybody's trying to tell everybody that this was a one-man luca got them to the conference finals job last year i don't i don't think that's necessarily true um and here's another thing so now we're talking about uh, the Mavs for Suns. And uh, as a playoff player, are you feeling more comfortable about, like, say, a Jalen Brunson than a Chris Paul now? Okay, there was a lot of questions in there. There's a lot of statements in there. I'm going to try to run through and answer as many as I can. So first of all, I think the Nuggets team in 2020 that lost to the Lakers was a better surrounding cast than what Dallas had. Yes. They were all just a little too young, maybe like a year or two too young. Uh, on top of that, my who's thing here? with, sorry. No, which you're saying who's a year or two too young. Uh, just everyone on the Nuggets in 2020 was like a year or two too young to like win a championship. Okay. But that's part of it, isn't it? Uh, that is part of it, but I still think the overall the the surrounding cast was better. The the Mavs surrounding cast last year was older than that Nuggets surrounding cast. Yeah, I just don't think they're as good. They're just not as talented. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, okay, so next we're going to Brunson. So I really like Brunson as a player. I really liked him last year on Dallas. The issue is is fitting next to him skill set wise. I actually think Brunson and Kyrie are similar in some regards where they're both really shifty ball handlers that are very difficult to stay in front of. They both can score quite a bit. Obviously, Kyrie can score a little bit more. And they both do playmake, but they don't playmake as much as you think they would, where, like, they're more scoring-oriented players. Uh, but they just have, like, they have really good gravity, and they can they can break down defenses, they can get in the paint, and that's obviously very valuable. But they are somewhat similar, and I just don't think that's the most ideal player to put next to Luka. I think it's obviously adding to your team because they're really good players. They're they're going to add to any team they're on. But I think that Luka would be better matched up with maybe someone like a Jimmy Butler 
or you know maybe someone like an Anthony Davis where you're bringing some sort of like defensive dimension to the game because Luka not a great defender not going to argue there but he does have some size which can be helpful and this year he's really upped his defensive playmaking and I'm interested to see if that translates to the playoffs because I think historically we've kind of seen that players that and you've talked about this like in your research players that generate a lot of assists oftentimes can generate steals and Luka is this the regular season? So Luca has a career high in steals this year at 1.5, which is a pretty solid number, where you don't need him to be stellar on defense, right? But if there is some turnover generation, that can really help. And also there's a difference between, because I talk about this all the time, your good players being just not huge negatives on defense, where like he's not Trey Young, and he offers you more just with his size. Because like 6'7", 230 is way different than Trey Young. So I've answered the defensive question with some hope i've answered the teammate question i've answered uh the ball dominance question it's just one of like what you're gonna give the ball to like reggie bullock and get out of the way i'm well well, hold on that's not actually so no like the the team luca had before Kyrie this year i actually had no issue with his ball dominance none whatsoever like right like i understand what you're saying you're not going to give the ball to reggie bullock my issue was more I'm looking at the conference finals now from or or last year's team with Jalen Brunson. Like I mentioned his usage rate, the usage rate difference in that conference finals, right? I mean, uh, some of that's coaching though, right? Uh isn't that partly on the players too? Like I mean it's I, partly on the players, but also like the coach like is calling plays. Right. Well, so here's the thing. I think you mentioned Luca's defense this year. That's I so this is where it's we're getting into. I feel like you're projecting what Luca's going to do in the playoffs, and but with evidence, it's not like I'm like, oh, he should just up with his defensive play. In the regular he's, season. he's doing it. Um, but I'm going to ask you this though: Do people give that same benefit of the doubt to, for example, like a Harden's evidence this year in the regular season? Do are people giving him that same benefit of the doubt in the playoffs? Harden's a weird player because, like, he's. They figured out, they were like, oh, you know, this guy's like a pretty, like, borderline portly fella. We should put him on the low block, and he's, like, more effective. He's, like, a very unique case. I don't know. Luca's a pretty big guy, too. Maybe maybe that would be a more effective place to put him. Uh, I've definitely looked at Harden's D-LeBron and been like, oh, that's interesting. And so, like, multiple things. One, I think he's probably more focused on the ultimate goal this year than maybe he has in prior. Like, there's something happens, like, at the end of your career as you're winding down where you're like, oh, I really, really got to take this seriously. Like, there's not five more seasons. Also, he's on an extremely, extremely defensively talented team, which is always going to help an individual player play better defense, right, if you're surrounded by good defenders. The six um, defense? Yeah, the Sixers have a lot of good defenders. Uh, so, so you're thinking Embiid, uh, Melton, and then those are two really high end guys. Tobias Harris has always been solid. Okay. Tobias uh, is solid. Yeah. Or it's uh, the thing of like, we're like, just point me where are all the negative defenders on their team? Maxi. Uh, Maxi. Yeah. Um, I guess is Niang negative. Actually, you know, it's funny. I, if you watch Niang, I, I feel like he's, he's a good team defender. He, I mean, he knows what he's doing. He's just kind of a bit slow. So maybe it's on-ball defense. My thing was, if they would have really been hurting for defense, they would have been playing Thibault, and they're not hurting for defense. Yeah. Um, I, I think Embiid helps a lot there. Oh, Embiid's a monster. Yeah. He had like six blocks the other night. 
Oh, definitely. You know what they should do? They should put Joel Embiid on Luca's team. See how far he goes. Well, so here's another question: Is Luca okay? So we think we're thinking Luca's better than Joel Embiid because of his because of his everything. Wait, hold on. Do you? I'm, <laughs> I do. I'll wait. Hold on. Defense? Does defense not no, matter? No, no. But as a scorer, <laughs> I'm going to take Luca. As a three-point shooter, I'm taking Luca. As a playmaker, I'm taking Luca. As a oh, running okay. the offense, I'm taking Luca. I just don't. I guess like Embiid is better. Embiid's a fantastic scorer. He's another worldly scorer. I just don't think he's better than Luca. But we're not talking about just offense here, right? Like we're we're trying to like the defensive comparison there. Now here's the thing: like Luca has had more success in the playoffs by advancing, uh, I guess, one round. But um, and I'll, I'll give you this: I have some issues. I I like I. You know, I think. They, I mean, for the record, I haven't beat as like probably the sixth best player in the league. So it's not like it's not like the gap is that wide between second and sixth. Well, I, I so all I'm saying is like I think we could debate Luca versus Embiid. Like, and the funny thing is like if we're looking at the MVP race currently, I, it seems like at the moment most people think Embiid's been a better player in the regular season, right? Do you know why that is? Is it just because of the Mavericks' record? People in Philly are loud. They're just they're loud talkers. They're very loud. Um, but do you what? Well, so if you were doing a personal MVP ballot, would you have Luca? If Luca was on the Knicks, ESPN would talk about one thing, and it starts with an L. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I don't think. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't. I don't think it's just necessarily about like where like. Where for for MVP buzz, it apps that's a very very Marcus Smart won Defensive Player of the Year because all the writers in Boston last year all decided they needed to push that narrative hard for the last month and a half because they were like, well, Boston's playing really good on defense, and everyone knows Smart is a defensive like a very good defensive player. He should win Defensive Player of the Year. He's like the third best defender on the team last year. But it's all about pushing narratives. Uh well, you know, the funny thing is we've had this we talked about this before where like it's the, the the defensive player of the year for Smart last year was like more it was it was like did he rob his own teammate? <laughs> <laughs> it was a celebration of the team. To do with like another te- player on another team is more like maybe he's one of his teammates. Like maybe Al Horford should have been defensive player or Rob Williams, like one of those guys. Um, okay, so back to Luca. The one of the most powerful things in the playoffs is the ability to dominate, dominate games, dominate series, but obviously like at the dominate the end of games. And like if you have to trade buckets at the end of the game for you know four or five possessions, I especially like you know when things get really intense and like they are the physicality is amplified. So when I, I think at the end of games, when the physicality is amplified to a very, very high degree, I think passing becomes less effective, not because the players become worse passers, but because you're allowed to be more physical, especially off ball. And I think I would feel more secure with Luca's insane shot making that I'm just like, he can just put someone on skates and penetrate. And he like I, I, the thing with Luca is, people are like he has the ball all the time, and I'm like I understand this, but they act like he's not racking up assists. Like they act like he doesn't pass the ball, but he does. Like he's averaging eight assists this year. He averaged almost nine last year. Uh, <laughs> this is something that happened with Harden, right? Uh, where yes, it's it doesn't make any sense. It's well because that I think the idea of a player just having the ball like eighty percent of the time, and 
there's this idea, there's this perception that because they have the ball that much, that and they're dribbling that much, Luca definitely does dribble quite a bit, right? That sure. oh, he's always dribbling the ball and he doesn't pass the ball when that's not at all incorrect. I mean, all. they're talking about him like he's Jordan Clarkson, and it's like what? Yeah, no, I I don't agree with that. I I just think I think the thing with for me is like I do want like we have as you pointed out the defense has been a lot better this year. I guess for me I need to see that in the playoffs before I put them at number two, right? Um, at and the ball dominance is again another great question that I think will get answered this year with how does the dynamic with Kyrie work? How does does Luca have a forty percent usage rate and then Jalen Brunson or sorry Kyrie? Now, who's come into that kind of role? Does he have a 23% usage rate, or is there going to be a little more? And I'm using usage rate, but like you know, you could use offensive load. You got to start using total offensive load. Yeah, uh, I I <laughs> I didn't have that up. Or sorry, the reason I wasn't mentioning it is because I don't have that for the series, um, <laughs> for the for the Mavericks Warriors series. But basically, I'm I'm going back, and the whole idea is like, okay, is there going to be a more even not even even distribution, but not as extreme. Like I want to see, um, and I want to see what. Luke- but like, what, are you gonna have Kyrie with the ball all the time? Like, talk about someone that really could pass the ball more. That is a great example. Uh where you're like, how does Kyrie not get more? If you look at his numbers, look at his playmaking talent, just look at his raw assists. You're like, how is this not higher? He's breaking I people down constantly. Kyrie, he's just not a volume passer, right? But that that I would have a I have a much larger issue with Kyrie's lack of passing volume than anything with Luca. Uh that well, so you're not at all worried about Luca taking like zero catch and shoot threes. I mean, I would like to see that. I would like to not see at that all happen. worried about him just standing there without the ball. Like not I would him. like some more off ball, but like you have to understand, he's been in the, the the entire time he's been in the league. There's not a whole like, there's not a lot of hole being made for him off ball. Like, there's not a lot of movement. Well, one, that's 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 a team thing. That's a coaching thing. And then yeah. also, it's like who's who's setting him up? Is it Dorian Finney-Smith? Because I don't think it is. Well, hold on. So again, I I I like you're talking about the first half of this season where I completely agree. Like, Luca's ball dominance should be 100. percent His offensive involvement rate. Should be 100%. Like, he should just do everything, right, for the first half. Totally agree there, given the surrounding pieces. But I'm just saying now, I, I'm more curious, how does he fit next to another high-level, uh, you know, ball, got, you know, kind of like a um, high-level offensive player that can do something with the ball the way. And maybe Kyrie, like you mentioned, Kyrie's a little more like Brunson, and that's true. But, like, do you think Brunson... I, I guess I'm saying, like, I want to see uh, there be a little more balance, especially because if you think about it from the standpoint of, do you think Luca got tired at all in that Warriors series? I mean, I'm sure he did, it, but, like, I, I just, I don't understand. Are you going to, hold on, are you going to throw it to Dwight Powell in the post and cut down the middle, get, like, fed a bounce pass and lay it up? Like, those opportunities, they just don't exist. I'm not saying Dwight Powell. I'm saying Jalen Brunson. He was on the team last year. I'm saying he could have done more. But I'm saying like when you only have one person on the team that can play make other than you, like there's just not a ton of opportunities for off-ball movement and off-ball scoring. Like you need multiple people that can pass the ball. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I so are you thinking of, well, so a great model for kind of the Mavericks, I think everybody kind of thought about this was like the 2018 Rockets. Ironically, I think uh, people underestimated how much better that 2018 Rockets team was because of defense. Um, the Mavs last year, their defense was not remotely close. Um, and, and, and part of that was Luca also. <laughs> um, I think, so the model there is like, okay, so you're doing like, so you're essentially saying you want to see, uh, your turn, Luca's turn, Luca's turn, Luca's turn. Oh, here, somebody else's turn. Like, I just don't understand how that's going to work in terms of him not, breaking down as the series winds down because he's just carrying an absurd load. So like at some point you have to see a little control to like a Jalen Brunson or Kyrie. You have to let them do a little more so you're not as tired. So you can be a little better on defense like his defense in the conference finals are really bad, right? Sure. Um, yeah, I, I see that. Right. Like part of that is because he was tired. You're not going to be as tired if you don't have the ball, if you're not like doing if you're not running and I think so. We have an a stat offensive involvement rate, which is basically looking at the number of pick and rolls, which is basically looking at the number of on ball actions you run. And I be believe Luca last year was at like uh, it was at like ninety seven per hundred possessions, or hundred per. It, it was something close to that, and that is absurd because that's like almost one play every time you're out there. Like nobody was even close to. Uh, I'm I'm gonna try to pull this up actually because I gotta find out find the difference between him and I think the second place guy was like Trey. So that but I mean like so so part of this is like when you play helio ball you have more rigid lineups like that's just the way it works because you have guys special like specializing in things basically like you're not the 2014 beautiful game Spurs but like okay let's just say for example you take one of those guys off that team, you take Ginobili or Tony Parker and you put Luke on the 2014 Spurs. Do you think all of a sudden they're like, oh, we can't pass the ball anymore because Luca just stops it? I'm not I'm not even talking about him stopping passing. I'm just talking about him. Um, My whole thing, though, is his teams just aren't good enough. That's why he's not winning. His teams, they're like he played against the Warriors. The Warriors team was obviously obviously better so they lost they did lose being like let's just try to max out luke as much as we can because like our second and third and fourth and fifth best players are not as good as the golden state players so we need to put a tremendous load on luca we're like he's not losing to teams that are worse than him in the playoffs he's i would argue that sun's team was probably better than the mavericks team i was surprised they won that and it was just because of luca magic yeah no i i'm not disagreeing that his team's worse but i am saying that I think like you're talking about scaling basically you're talking about, talking scaling, about scaling in a vacuum I'm also just talking about Jalen Brunson being like yeah I'm just watching him this year and he just seems like he could have done more like it seems like the 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 kind of gap in the load between the two like this it could have been maybe like it could have been more like Chris Paul and James Harden and with the Rockets than it was okay like, hold on hold on hold on I really like Jalen Brunson there's a difference between him and Chris Paul uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not debating there is. Um, I, uh, I, I guess my thing is, I want to see Luca be on a team that's really, really talented and see him not share the ball and not play with others and not make his teammates better, because then you'll be right. But it just hasn't. He's been on teams that have not been very good. I so I guess this comes down to our kind of evaluation of Brunson. I mean, I, so 
And and maybe part of it is like maybe Brunson's actually gotten a lot better from last year, um, with uh, you, you know, with the Knicks this year. Um, but uh, but part of me is also just wondering like, like to me, I'm just talking about scaling and seeding control a bit more to his co-star. That's all I'm kind of saying. I do think Brunson, like what we're seeing this year with the Knicks, I don't, I just don't think um, this idea that Brun that Luca had no help. He had no help for for the majority of this year. That absolutely sure. I'm not saying he had. I think Brunson's a quality NBA player. I think he's probably like. And last year he's a little better this year, but like last year I still had him as like a top sixty player. Like he's pretty good. Uh, okay, so you don't think he's necessarily an All Star level, but so you're basically. I think he's higher this year. He was like he was like a fringe All Star when we were talking about it, but it's not like he was like. It wasn't like I can't believe Jalen Brunson didn't make the All Star game. This is crazy. I got to go riot. Okay, that's fair. I, I'm. I mean, I, I guess that. So let me ask you this: Do you think Kyrie's not good enough? I think Kyrie's definitely an upgrade on paper. Uh, Kyrie is different. He's like the only oh, player. Sports stuff. Let's let's just. That, but that's the thing. But like, I'm not going to get into it. But he's like one of the three players in the league that matter. Where like you're like, well, you have to like. There is an off the court element to him, right? Right. But Brunson Brunson definitely is not as good as Kyrie. I think that's I, I don't know if there would be a lot of people arguing that point. But it's definitely an upgrade. But the problem is it's not the issue is not Kyrie. The issue is not the number two on this team. The issue is the number four, five, and six. That's the issue with Dallas. That's fair. I, I think um although this year they now have Christian Wood, who at least on offense. See, now the problem I have with Dallas uh is at, at least from kind of what I've seen so far is I do not trust their defense at all. <laughs> like I am very worried about that team's defense. Um, and I think losing Finney Smith was a big part of that. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, so basically where you're coming down uh, on Luca is you're not, you, you don't believe that, the kind of the push and pull with Brunson last year was an issue. Like you kind of think they had appropriate loads. Uh, um, I okay, so I don't think it was perfect, but I don't think that's the reason the team didn't beat Golden State. Do you? Um, I'm not. Well, hold on. In, I mean, look, they lost the series four one. So there's a lot of difference. We're talking about a big difference between beating Golden State and the series going six or even seven games, right? Like there, there's a very big gap between where they were, where they, the series finished and beating Golden State, right? Like you could, in theory, um, compete with, like you could, in theory, maybe push the series a little longer if that if you had maybe a more balanced, or if you thought that Luca should have ceded a little control to, towards Brunson or something, right? So that's all my point was. I'm not saying they, they beat Golden State. I'm just saying um, that uh, the you know maybe the series is closer. If if I just don't think that matters. <laughs> I just I don't think it matters if you lose four two instead of four one. I, like because ultimately those teams were different caliber of teams, and that was going to be true no matter how. Even if like. You mathed it out and you you optimized Brunson versus Luca's load. It just it didn't matter. The other thing is we're saying I don't. Maybe I'm rewriting history because uh, <laughs> last year's Warriors team was was really good. 
But it's very good. Two, yeah, you see them in the two surrounding years, and you're like, huh. You know, I, I, I just kind of go back and... Um, Gary I, Payton and Otto Porter Jr. Like, the, de- the the difference between those teams was their fifth best player and their sixth best player were, like, very good last year, and they aren't good this year, and they weren't good two years ago. Uh, yeah, although you're also talking about a team that's, like, a play-in team to a championship team. Uh, I mean, some of that's also injuries, and also they've a- they're they're continuing to age. Well, do you think they're? I don't. I don't know. If, I don't think Steph's honestly. Steph's been better this year than last year, right? Um, I. I mean, part of it, honestly, I think like if you look at our kind of projections for the Warriors this year, um, if you look at their full strength rating. Um, they're not that great. They weren't really that great entering last year. Our, our kind of metrics have never totally. But if you look at their top five man, uh, they have like the best five man rating in the league with like their starters. The reason the problem with the Golden yeah. State is their benches is, is like as a bunch of not NBA players on it this year. And last year they had we had Gary Payton on our all BBI defensive team. Otto Porter Jr. was in that tier of like Robert Covington is like that flexible four that could stretch it out, rebound really well, and was a good defender. Like those those two players were, they weren't just guys on your bench. Those were like really high impact guys. They had like Bielitsa, who was like a nice uh, versatility big. Like their bench was good last year, and it is bad this year. Uh, it's, there's definitely a big difference. I'm just talking about like, I, so I, I I think we're gonna look back on that Warriors team, and I just don't think it has the, quite that high end talent that you think of when you look at um, some of the past champions like the Bucks, the Lakers, and part of that is because Clay and Draymond are older. Like Clay is not the same defender he was five years ago. He's uh, you know definitely he might might have kind of got back to where he was offensively. He's just not the same defensively. He's kind of more of a... He wasn't the same offensively last year as he was he before. He wasn't even the same offensively last year, exactly. No, but the team the team was so deep. Also, Wiggins played really well. Wiggins, <laughs> Wiggins played really well, right. But we're now talking about Andrew Wiggins here. Uh, but, like, so, but like your fourth player is Andrew Wiggins. That's like a pretty good fourth player. Yeah. Um, I, I think mean, he probably was your third player. Probably Clay was, the, I don't know, you player. could argue. That's not really the point of this podcast. Hold on, let's get back on track. Let's okay. talk about Jalen Brunson. One huge jump this year. So his O-LeBron is the highest of his career. And it's one interesting thing. So Brunson's O-LeBron has increased every year of his career. So he's just gotten better. The huge jump here is like, the mid-range stuff is similar. The playmaking stuff is similar. The one-on-one talent's a little bit better this year. But the huge jump this year is his three-point shooting talent. It has never been great. That's never really been his strength. And this year, specifically on pull-ups, it's been like dynamite. So he was not hitting those pull-up threes last year. Again, Brunson's only 26. So like he's probably nearly finishing like his his big you know improvement throughout his career but like that's a he was 78th percentile in three-point shooting talent last year or a b and this year he's 93rd percentile which is an a which is like a massive jump okay that's very fair i I guess for me uh i mean honestly like i said at the start of the pod my thing my issue is more i feel like there are issues with Luca's game that we just kind of assume like there's so much there's this assumption that Luca is this perfect player 
right, that he has no weaknesses. Like, we kind of gloss over his defense. We talk about somebody like James Harden's defense, or we talk about uh, even somebody like, uh, we talk about Steph's defense is not being that great. But for whatever reason, that's kind of ignored for Luka. Then we look at... Uh, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I think he's lumped in there. Okay. that Because, um, I, I, I mean, like, sure, if you want to go on ESPN, like, sure, they're not really, but we're never talking about their narratives. I refuse to do it. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I, I guess it all depends on who you listen to. But like my whole point is that I think like when you're doing a full rank, like you're ranking all the players, I think you can look at like, uh, you know, you're, there's all sorts of things you're looking at. Right. You're looking at their defense. You're looking at their offense. You're looking at how they play with other stars. You're looking at um, I, I mean, honestly, like what they've kind of their success in the playoffs. Um, I think you also want to look at who they've lost to in the playoffs, like. Um, I think people who are familiar with me on Twitter are probably aware that I, I think Harden is a much better playoff player than the, the general perception around him is because Cause you're right. Yeah. Cause he, if you go and look at all the teams that Harden's lost to, um, and, and you know what, maybe my argument here is more that, um, like I think, uh, there, it, it does feel like there's, a bit of a decline for me between some of these super helio guys that they see in the playoffs because it's just harder to win that way. Now the question is ultimately the question with Luca is like, how is he going to fit next to like, like how does he look when he's not super helio and he's on a team that can win the championship, right? That's the big question. And I, and to me, I think well, we, we haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen it yet. So we don't have an answer yet. So but, we, it's, I I would I would venture to bet I would bet money I would bet I'd bet crypto I'd bet uh, I don't know whatever stock options are I'd also bet those um, that if you put Luca on the best team in the league they'll win the championship he's not going to drag them down. Yeah no I'm I'm not disagreeing with that I think like you could do that with a lot of uh, like you put any of these top players like if you put. Uh, if, if you stuck like Joel Embiid on the Celtics, like I would bet they would win the championship, right? Like you can do that with all these top players. So that's, I, I like, I don't, I'm not, I don't think we're disagreeing there, right? Like if you took any of the top players in the league and you stuck, well, I was saying you swap in my mind, you maybe swap out the best player. So oh, you take Tatum off the Celtics. You'd put Embiid on the Celtics. Okay. And you take out, uh, and I'd be like, oh man, we got to trade Al Horford. We got too many bigs on this team. I think the funny thing with, um, so like, that's an interesting question. If you swapped out, like say Luca with Tatum, um, I think, look, the Mavs offense, the Celtics offense would be so much better. Right. But they're also built differently where, uh, Tatum plays way off ball, way more in that because they have so many different ball handlers. They have Brogdon, they have Derek white. They have, that's the other thing. When you add somebody like a Luca, does somebody like a Derek White ever touch the ball anymore? Does somebody like a Malcolm Brogdon like Derek White doesn't need to touch the ball to impact the game? That's the beauty of Derek White. That's true, um, but you know, giving him some touches is never bad. I, I think if I had Luke on the team and I'd be like, we're going to minimize Derek White's touches because they're all going to Luca, I'd be like, I'm okay with that. Uh, um, yeah, but see, like, no, I get what you're saying, but I do think, like. But the difference is the difference is is Luca drives, he draws a double, he kicks it to the corner to white 
White attacks the closeout, and then he's capable of either finishing or making another good pass to a third open shooter. The difference is that Luka doesn't have Derek White as the fourth or fifth best player on his team, because if he did, I think he'd utilize him, and I think they would blend together beautifully. So honestly, the question here, like, look, if you added Luka to the Celtics and swapped him for Tatum, their offense would be better. No, They shit. would just be a better team. They would be a better. Oh, whoa. Wait, wait. Hold on. Yes. Of There's course they would be a better team. The ball here. There's two sides of the ball. It um, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Luka's so much better at offense. It doesn't matter. You, the defensive downgrade doesn't matter to you? Their team's so good defensively, they can afford to have one guy that's not a plus. They got like seven pluses on defense on that team. Yeah, no, that's they do. It's like the Bucks. The Bucks are the same thing where it's like you could swap out any of those people for an offensive player. They got like nine plus defensive players. But this is where, well, so this this is where the uh, an interesting question I would ask you would would be how much does the playoffs matter where it's like minimizing your weaknesses? So, for example, you take off Tatum on the you take Tatum off the Celtics, and suddenly. They have a weak spot you can attack on defense with by adding Luka. You have so whereas right now, like you look at that Celtics defense, the lineups they can trot out there. Who the heck are you attacking? Like that's why I look at that Celtics defense um, as like a, in terms of their like ability in the playoffs. And we saw that last year how dominant they were defensively. And you're just like, who do you attack on this team defensively, right? But they didn't lose. They didn't lose in the finals because they weren't good enough on defense. They lost because they weren't good enough on offense. Well, no, I no, I understand that. But I mean, that's it's how you build your roster. Like you can, it's like the Bucks this year. The reason I don't think the Bucks are going to win is because they're phenomenal on defense and they go so deep. Where I'm like, how many guys do they have that I'm considering for the all defensive team on this roster? It doesn't even seem possible. But the problem with the Bucks is I'm like, can they score 110 points three games in a row? I hopefully Joe Ingles starts th- throwing some dimes. Yeah, I mean, well, so, but the thing with the Celtics is you swap in. So now all of a sudden you swap in Luka and it's like, okay, guys, we found our guy that we're going to hunt on defense. We're going to bring up Luka in a pick and roll and we're going to attack him on defense. And now all of a sudden uh, they have so many other good defenders. And I generally don't think I do think like on it's like you have Rob Williams waiting at the basket. I think you're going to be okay. And like you would argue that like on ball defense doesn't matter as much as like team defense so like you have marcus smart digging in helping from like the nail i, I think you're gonna be all right because like you can have one bad defender there's plenty of teams that you can't hide three guys on defense in the playoffs we've seen the jazz try to do that it doesn't work but you can hide like you can have one maybe two maybe not like terrible defenders on the court but you can have one bad and then another guy that's like maybe not a plus and i just don't think it's that big of a deal as long as like you're a pretty good offensive squad like sure yeah again you can't be the jazz but like if you go back historically and look at teams not everybody's good at defense that plays in the finals yeah uh that's fair. well hold on i um so i i understand what you're saying so you're basically saying you th- you think basically you're what you're telling me here is if you swapped out Luca for Tatum last year, the Celtic, the Mav, yeah, the absolutely Celtics. they would win. Absolutely. Um, you know what? I could buy that. I here's, I mean, so I guess for the record, I don't, I'm not necessarily sure that I would have. Well, we've debated Tatum kind of versus Luca before. I feel like we on on one of them. We done it on a pod. Uh, I think we, we were talking about. No, it was a very brief. 
we had Mark on and we were like picking our, our MVPs or something. And I think Mark went with, sorry, this was through like one month. And like, I think, I think Mark went with Tatum. Mark Schindler. Yeah. Shout and, out to Mark Schindler. Great follow on Twitter. Always talking about his dog, talking about eating bagels and stuff. It's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that was the, our very brief discussion. Um, yeah, like, honestly, like all these things are, are so close. Like you could have, um, I, I guess the thing, and I'm not like, I don't know that I would necessarily have, uh, uh, like Tatum ahead of Luca or anything like that. I'm just saying, I think it's a, a debate you could have. I think, um, for me, like somebody like Jokic, I would have ahead of Luca. I have Jokic at one and I have Luca at two. So, and then I have Giannis and Steph. And then they're all in the top tier. That's my top tier of players. Okay. So honestly, I think the big difference for me is my top tier of players would be, I would honestly cut it off with Steph, Luca, and Giannis. Oh, sorry, Steph, Jokic, and Giannis. So no Luca in the top tier. No Luca in the top tier. And actually, I'm going to go with a hot take here. And th- maybe part of this is that we need to see it with both Luca and Jokic, where we got to see. Like, we have to see them lead a great team. Like, I've seen Giannis, I've seen Steph lead great teams to a championship, right? So maybe— well, you're going to have to wait a few more years with Luka because he does not have a great team. I think this is the year, if Denver's going to win a championship, I think this is definitely the year to do it. I think this is the year you see it out of Joker, but this is not the year you're going to see it out of Luka. Yeah, no, I mean, look, he's like 23. So the fact that we're having this debate with Luca at 23, like he's up there with all these other greats, I think it's like a like that's a great spot. Like if Luca, here's the thing. So I think this is we're gonna close up the conversation because we've been talking about this for a while, and I like I have to eat lunch. But if Luca makes another Western Conference Finals, I will be so impressed. Yeah, I mean, so here's where I feel like. Would you be impressed? Oh yeah, no, I like so here's the thing. If you factor in his age, what he's doing is absurd. Like comparing Luca at age twenty three, we're trying to like you're ranking him in the same tier as like guys in the prime. Right? I'm talking about Luca, future top twenty player of all time. Well, yeah, I'm not I'm not even like my whole point was like I'm just kind of evaluating Luca right at this moment. But if we're talking about Luca in four or five years, yeah, like he No no no, we're talking about this moment. We're talking about this moment. We're talking about this year. His team's just not good enough. It doesn't matter. Oh, no, no. I agree with that. But I'm just talking about, like, his overall age being, like, him being in this conversation at this age is, like, incredible, right? Like, that's a great place to be. Like, all these other players that we have in this tier, like Jokic, Giannis, and Steph, were not in this conversation at at this age. Now, I don't, like, I think where we differ is I would have... Luca in a one B tier. I um and part of this is like I, for whatever reason, the impact metrics have not loved Luca. Uh, even like I think he's loving him much more. So the, part of this also is I am maybe still factoring in his previous three year stretch, whereas where Luca is this year, he's taken a big jump this year. I think you would agree with like I think yeah oh totally but last year we I mean I, I talked about it we we did the state of the Mavs podcast and the Mavs had some struggles early on in the year then Luca missed some time and then the second half of the year they were really rolling and he was playing well but, but I, impact metrics they look at the whole year so yeah, the first half of the year wasn't great if you did this ranking last year would you have had him in this year I 
by what point last year? In the playoffs? Have the playoffs happened? Because yes. I think last year in the playoffs, him beating the Suns was like, oh, he's speeding up his own timeline in ways I was not anticipating. Where I was like, I still think this guy's going to be amazing, Hall of Famer, yada, 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 probably won a championship. But that he did that last year was phenomenal and amazing. And it was like, oh, he's he's not on the timeline of other players. Like, he's doing his own thing here. Yeah, that's fair. I also... I mean, also, his impact metrics, for the record, weren't bad last year. Like, he had a 3.5 LeBron last year. Like, an old LeBron. Like, that's pretty good. Yeah, no, I I, I mean, I'm not... Again, we're talking about, like... And he's had a... he's So, he's got a, so he's got a five, I, you know, like, five and a half this year, which is unreal. That's, like, MVP level. And he had that in his second year. So, it's, like, it's not like the impact metrics have always hated him. It's just last year, it was probably a little lower than people expected. Yeah, I think they've just never been... Like, oh, this guy's number two best player in the league or number three. Like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, what we're talking about, like, you're talking, I'm not, when we're saying hating him. You got to have some playoff success normally. Being in sixth, <laughs> right? Like, we're, we're. I'm, well, I never said you hated him. Yeah, okay. No, I know. I, like, this, I'm not, you know, you're not saying I hate him the way you hate the Kings. No, uh, no, nothing matches that passion. Yeah, I mean, like. Your hate level for the Kings is like off the charts, yeah. right? Like I mean, it's my therapist says, I got to do something about it. Yeah, and and like, I mean, honestly, I don't know how you watched the game last night and you're like still hating on the Kings. Only watch, only watch second OT. Um, yeah, but like getting back on topic again. We're, All right, hold on, hold on. So let's look at the time. We've been talking about this for forty five minutes. We got to wrap here. What are your closing statements in the Luca debate? So I think my closing statements are I, the, honestly the big big difference. For us, is just like I had. Uh, do you, I, do you I, just not believe in the magic? Is that what it is? You don't believe in the Luca magic? No, I, I just think I have Luca in kind of uh, in the same tier as like a Tatum, Embiid, LeBron. Um, like, do we, well, do we know, necessarily know that uh, LeBron is? And, and part of the reason I have Jokic ahead of Luca is I think, I mean, offensively, they're both incredible right to me what separates Jokic is I can watch him off the ball I he I feel like I could stick Jokic anywhere and oh I, sure my, my I, hey I got Jokic ahead of Luka so I'm not here to argue this oh okay okay and Giannis I I think is two-way impact so we were going to do a pod uh well, hold on are you going to say are you going to talk about Giannis's declining D LeBron this year because it's pretty low that's fair. <laughs> Giannis has had a uh, well, so his old LeBron is much higher though, which is fascinating because if you kind of look at his efficiency, he's having like career worse years in terms of shooting numbers. Um, part of that is due to a you know load and usage rate that are crazy, <laughs> absurd. Luca levels. Um, Luca levels. Oh man, the guy you like playing like Luca. Uh, yeah, but you know what? There's a big difference, though, is I don't think he does it with like the 80% ball dominance rate that Luca does. He does. So this is where there's difference. But that's part of being a big, though. When you're a big, you don't have a ball in your hands as much. Right. And but, like you get to finish plays. And that's part of the, I guess, the difference is that when I like somebody like Giannis, he can affect the game more off ball. And I, look, when we're talking about the difference between Luca and Giannis, we're talking about defense, man. Like, no doubt, Luca is better on offense, but the defensive gap is is just astronomical, right? Like, well, they, it is, but they also—I'm not arguing that—but they do also play different positions. 
Yeah, and the other thing I would say with Giannis is I do feel like his defense goes up a notch in the playoffs. Like that, his archetype where you can be very, you can be really versatile with Giannis on defense, right? Like he's, and because he's so good on offense, like he's in an underrated way, a way more versatile player maybe than he gets credit for because of his. I don't know, man. I think he's getting plenty of credit for the versatility. I think that's one of his main things. Well, because we think of um, offensive versatility, right? And, uh, well, let's be honest. When people think of, uh, okay, so when people think of overall versatility on offense, they're thinking about where you can shoot the ball, right? Like three-level scoring, yeah. Yeah, three-level scoring. And then Giannis does not really have that. But He's going, yeah, I don't know. That mid-range is getting pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's been a little, hasn't it been a little lower this year? I don't know. Sometimes he shoots the ball and that doesn't move, and I'm like, "Well, that's a that's a that's that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's its own tier of shooting." We we should have I should have looked this up before the pod, but uh, I am kind of curious where he is in our consistency metrics in terms of his shooting. Um, that would be very interesting with Giannis. Uh, I would just be more interested in seeing the improvement over the years. Yeah, um, th- that's a potentially future pod we should do where we just kind of look at consistency. Um, yeah. Absolutely. All right. So I'm going to wrap it up here. We talked about Luca. We have Jokic in front of him. You have some other players. I don't. I have Luca as the second best player in the league. But uh, yeah, this is a fun debate. And uh, hey, if you're listening, you got something to say, let, let us know on Twitter at TaylorMetrics at KNarsu3. Uh, yeah, I got uh, nothing else to add, I guess. Uh, I feel like I want to continue. We could have this conversation for like hours. We have this conversation every week, Krishna. <laughs> yeah, we are. Well, We've had this conversation for the last 53 weeks. Yeah. So Taylor is doing a player rankings pod. And basically this uh, this conversation started because I saw Luca at number two. And uh, I was like, wow, that's that's ambitious. And um, I think the like, honestly, I think that, that was the only you got. What was your what was give us your tiers in terms of the your your player rankings so far as to what oh you, they're not well it's not done yet so i it's it's well, close to being done draft because like that's where our conversation started so it's just so everybody has some context because you don't know you know what i think this is christian they call this a major league tease so i got a top 75 player list coming out it's almost finished it's gonna be a whole article there's gonna be a little blurb and stats for every player it's also probably gonna be a two possibly four part podcast because we go on for so long when we talk about players but uh that's all coming it's gonna be done very soon and i'm really excited to get it out there but that's going to wrap it up for this episode. My name is Taylor. That's Krishna. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Basketball Index Podcast.